0: juvenile satire is that anything voltaire
1: (laughs) satirical poems written in the early second century
0: oh
1: it's not to do with voltaire
0: (laughs) 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 rip the page out this is garbage oh both of our levels when we talk about voltaire (laughs) (laughs) yeah literally <laughs> yeah, welcome, welcome to Voltaire.
1: <laughs> welcome to Voltaire, 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 Voltaire. Uh, I'm Nemo Martin. <laughs> I say them pronouns. I'm your host and Voltaire lover. Um, I guess it is a podcast of uh, <laughs> hate Victor Hugo. <laughs> Friendship ended with Victor Hugo. Uh, now my only friend is Voltaire. Um, today. What did I do today? I mean, all I can think about is the fact that I was looking for a hand task to do, because while we do this podcast I mean, you can usually hear a lot of sounds that I make. I try and mute a lot of them, but I do still make a lot of sounds. Um and so I was like, well, there's a whole bag of oranges next to me. I could peel every single one of <laughs> oh <my> them.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I'm gonna endeavour not to do that um mm-hmm. and find something else to do.
0: <laughs> oh sorry, don't you have you could be doing, like, an exciting announcement.
1: Oh, yeah, no, I can't do anything exciting because I'm, uh, I am I wanted to really kill the mood so that you could <laughs> you could oh. lead in with something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought we were both exciting this week.
1: <laughs> okay, fuck the oranges. The oranges can go somewhere else.
0: <laughs> I was literally saying, like, oh my god, Nemo's chosen to do the oranges. I mean, like, also, of course you chose to do the oranges instead of your actual memes. <laughs>
1: i can now finally say after like literally a year that i am working on a rusty quill original podcast and it's called trice forgotten and you won't be able to listen to it for a long time but well for a while 2022 is when it's going to be released
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, by the time this episode comes out, it'll be around the corner. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, uh, we haven't set a proper release date yet, so it might be, you know, September 2022. But uh, look forward to it. But yeah, the amount of times that I referenced Rusty Cool stuff like Magnus Archives on this podcast before, <laughs> and then secretly was working behind the scenes, <laughs> like, <laughs> little did they know. So, yes, Um very excited. Mm. That was my exciting news. Now it's Stevie's turn.
0: <laughs> this is Stevie, she, they pronouns, uh, primary searcher, and this last week I got engaged! Yeah! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> so one of us is in the in the 80s movie, you're in the shoulder pads, you're oh the my career God. gal, yes. and I'm like settling down in the country and you're like, don't you want to be doing coke in a bathroom Literally. as a lawyer with me
1: <laughs> and then I go to your wedding and then hook up with some random man and then it like ruins my career I mean uh uh leads me to domestic happiness yeah
0: <laughs> <I'm> looking <laughs> forward to it <laughs> but yeah very very happy and very excited
1: it's kind of funny because it's been I guess for both of us, but then yours is like an actual exciting thing.
0: Well, so is yours. I'm so excited for yours as well. (laughs) Yeah,
1: no, no, no. But I mean, like, it's been leading up to it for a while. And I was going to say, well, we've both kind of been leading up to it for a while. But with engagements, it's kind of different, right? Because now I'm like, well, I can finally talk about it without, like being a breach of contract that's the only thing (laughs) yours is like oh yeah you actually have the exciting day and then you have the exciting feelings and like now it's actually happening kind of thing that's true
0: (laughs) (laughs) what you don't know is that I've been waiting to also not be in breach of contract we've been engaged this whole time (laughs) no betrayal um speaking of betrayals (laughs) uh no, actually, you know what? That's apt. It is speaking of betrayals.
1: So.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah. Marius is shaken <laughs> from what went down in the last episode. I get maybe it was like doubly like, <gasps> because it was Combofair and not Jolas who was like, mm. <laughs> sit down. <laughs> He's just a sad and bewildered and... He felt what the earth may possibly feel when it is cut with the blade for the wheat seed to be planted in it. It feels only the wound and doesn't realize what it is now germinating. So I guess more big changes in Marius' life and politics to come. (laughs) (laughs) But right now he only is downcast and he's like, Oh my God, I only just changed my politics so i really mm. have to give that up already this was it this took a lot of work for me to reach here i don't want to i don't want to do that i
1: already did the reading
0: <laughs> Uh and then like also he's like but you know doing all this and getting all cozy with napoleon that's what made me feel closer to my dad so he doesn't want to be taking steps away from his dad when he's only just feeling close to him, which you're like, oh, okay, I guess I see that. Mm. Um So he just sort of ends up isolating himself because, like, he left the grandfather and now he's too embarrassed to show his face at the Café Monsieur. They're <laughs> 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 like, for did you mean to, like, shame him that
1: hard? Yeah. You wouldn't, though, right? Like, you wouldn't go back. Well, at least oh, I would Oh, no. Wouldn't.
0: Like, no. I would never,
1: ever go back
0: there. I would have left town, potentially. <laughs>
1: yeah, genuinely. Uh, like, he doesn't have a, like, oh, my God, and he's still living with Kufrak as well. Mm. God. That's the
0: thing. He So he's still living with Kufrak. but I'm like, bold, Marius. <laughs> braver than we are. But he's braver than we can say that we are.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. Uh...
0: Well, he he like kind of hides away from Koufrak for a bit until the landlord shows up and is like, look, Koufrak vouched for you, but I still need to be paid for <laughs> you staying here." So that it's only at that point that Maris is like, "Oh, get Koufrak to come talk to me." Mm. And then Maris is like, "Look, I've got nothing. I've got no money. I have no one." And Koufrak's okay, like, "Okay, well." <laughs> what's gonna become of you and Maris is like i literally have no idea but i have this gold watch hmm. and i have some clothes and kufra's like okay great i know someone who'll buy the coat who'll buy your trousers we'll get someone to buy your pocket watch so you have a bit of money hmm. yeah Maris is like you know what Whatever, <laughs> I was so <laughs> devastated by that blow. Not even really feeling things right now. Like, yeah, oh, I'll do just fine. I'll do just fine. Living off the like bit of money I can make from that. I'll do. I'll do anything as long as it's honest. Okay, it's like, okay, well, like, do you know some English or German? Because like, I'm. There's this translator's job, and Maris is like, "No, but like, I'll just learn." Oh, like, okay, you'll just learn, will you, Marius?
1: Sure, like Voltaire did when he landed in England and didn't know any English and just decided to learn English. Yeah, there we go.
0: Boom. Ten minutes in. Did it. <laughs> Good, because I was really parched for Voltaire. <laughs> so I guess it, it. I guess all of the boys are just facets of Voltaire as yeah. we had already we were already sure but now we know yeah, that yeah. Marius is part of part of it yeah um the so yeah so was like okay well, what are you going to do in the meantime and he's like well just you know i'll just live off some money from my clothes and my watch uh, and by the end of selling his things he's got 65 francs and then he had 15 francs already. So he's got a whole 80 francs. Jesus. So he's like, wow, that's not so bad. And Kufra's like, well, what about the hotel? But Amara's like, oh shit, I forgot about that. Oh
1: my god. Wasn't it that Fontine
0: sold her hair for like 10 francs or something like that? It's pretty decent, I guess. Yeah. Because the clothes got sold. And I guess they, we must assume they were posh boy clothes. Yeah. They got sold for 20 francs. Yeah, so th- it was some good hair.
1: It just makes me kind of sad, I guess, that <laughs> Marius, like, basically just empties his pockets, and I guess the shirt on his back, and makes like so much money, mm. and like Fontaine can't do that. Ugh, yeah, it just makes me a little bit sad. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, because then I was like, oh, you know, Marius, you're like. I guess you're you're doing your best with what you've got, yeah. um, and then his aunt Guillermand, at heart quite a kind-hearted person in difficult moments, has tracked Marius down, and tries to send him six hundred francs, mm. and he's like, "No, aunt, I'm gonna make my own living." Sends it back, and like at that time when he sent it back, he only had three francs, but he's like, "Absolutely not." Mm. and he moves out of the hotel because he doesn't want to run up a debt there, but I'm like, you already did run up a debt there. Yeah. Um, so I guess maybe he paid that off, and that's why he only has three francs. Right, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so he's moving out, and then it's book five, Virtue and Adversity. Mm-hmm. And it was while reading this one that I was like, at different points, was like, I see why Nemo feels how they feel. And then other times I was like, <laughs> Is it Victor Hugo who you really hate, though? <laughs> <laughs> I think <laughs> so, the answer
1: is yes, but the carry the answer on. Is
0: yes to both. So I will, um, there'll be more on why that was a feeling mm-hmm. as we go. Um, so, Marius in mm-hmm. Peonery? Chapter 1. <laughs> Life <laughs> became hard for Marius. Yeah, very Fontaine adjacent in that, like, now he he literally has nothing. Some mm. days he kept, doesn't have food. Uh, the same thing like you know Fontine would just like sit in the dark to save candles so she wouldn't have mm. to buy them. That he's doing that as well. No fire in the hearth. He was getting like locked out of places if he couldn't pay the rent. Sneering of neighbors, humiliations, dignity trampled underfoot, having to accept any kind of work. Bitterness, despondency, um, and he's learning to swallow all of this. At that time in a man's life when he needs self-respect because he needs love, he felt mocked because he was badly dressed and laughable because he was poor. Mm. So he has completely like flipped how he's been living his life. Um kind of like not really noticing what's going on around him Mm. to like he is in, like, fairly abject poverty, especially at the beginning of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it gets into, you know, those, like, Hugo things where... what What is the actual word for what it is where he's like, oh, poor people just have such a wealth of spirit. So, <laughs> mm, um, like,
1: poverty porn kind of...
0: Well, I'll give you some more lines. It'll definitely yeah. come to you. Uh, yeah crucible into which fate casts a man whenever it wants a villain or a demigod. Um mm. the unjust disgrace and agonizing shame of poverty, um, is what Marius is sort of going through here. Life, adversity, isolation, abandonment, poverty are battlefields that have their heroes. Then yeah, Hugo gets into like his thoughts on poverty and struggle. Uh, <laughs> almost always a stepmother. Poverty is sometimes a mother but deprivation begets strength of soul and of mind. Hardship is the wetness (laughs) of pride. Adversity is good milk for the noble in spirit.
1: It's just so frustrating.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's the... Yeah, where... You feel like it is, like, meant to be coming from this good place of, like, we should respect poor people. Mm. But it's... When he's coming at it almost so hard that it's like you know what, it's better to be poor because blah, 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 blah. blah. And you're like, you weren't poor, Hugo. Yeah,
1: yeah. And like, you know, that whole... I don't know what the, the the pause was, I don't know whether I'll cut this, but um, we've had the conversations of like, ah, we are who we are because of the, the childhoods <laughs> that we had. <laughs> um, yeah, And it's like, in some ways... Sure, it made me better at handling money or like um, doing so many jobs. I learned how to do many skills, but I still probably would have preferred to have money. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I would have rather been comfortable. We both respect but fear money (laughs) in ways that aren't always healthy because that's how we had to grow up. So yeah, it's that thing where you're like, I know... Like maybe Hugo, it's like it is good that he's like, guys, my fellow bourgeois, we should be like respecting people not as well off as us. Mm. But when it's so dressed up, it mm. starts to feel almost like disingenuous. It's just like hard to swallow. Where you're like, yeah. I would have liked to have a bit of money, though. Yeah, and it wouldn't yeah. have made my spirit any less noble <laughs> yeah. to, like, not be hungry. <laughs> yeah,
1: the noble poor. That's, yeah. that's it,
0: there we go. Yeah, yeah um, that,
1: that whole, like, what he was doing with Gavroche being, like, you know... Oh, uh, yeah, especially that demigod thing of, like, oh, yeah, in order for this, like, uh, bourgeois, like, on the cusp of aristocros- arist- aristocracy, like for Marius the only way that he can become a respectable human being is by like kind of being the uh undercover boss and like <laughs> experiencing poverty but like it's fine you know because it, he's 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 getting a taste of those poor people's spirit mm. and he's like learning what it feels like to become a man and it's like shut up
0: (laughs) yeah that's what i was trying to get at the beginning of that
1: yeah yeah Yeah, because
0: i like so this is the theme of like the upcoming chapters and i was yeah also bouncing around and sort of struggling with this because he really like does go through like a really difficult time but he Mm. like gets this really good work ethic he really like is like what do i actually need Mm. So I am kind of like, oh, like you, well done, Marius. Like yeah. you worked really hard at this. And then on the other hand, you've got all the that feels separate from the little Victor Hugoisms of being like, like we get so much of like the nobility of his soul because of this. And mm. when you don't have anything, you have a lot of time to think, and that really makes you so zen <laughs> and things like that. Um, and then also knowing. <laughs> That at all times he's got his aunt keeps trying to send him this money. Mm. So I guess we'll we'll work through them all together as we go through it. But yeah, where yeah, it was a lot of like, cause I know how you feel about Marius, but mm. I do not yet know how I feel about Marius.
1: Yeah, I I w- when you just said that, it made me think of you know how rich people treat minimalism. Yes, <laughs> that, like. Um, oh you know like if you declutter your house and only have these things and it gives you more time to like think about things and I'm sure somebody's been like oh I guess this is what poor people feel like to like you know um not surround yourself by so much and it's like no no no
0: (laughs) (laughs) no we hoard everything because we just need something to be happy yeah yeah oh my god that is a very apt um comparison for where we're gonna go with marius at the end of this, <laughs> of this journey today mm. um but at this point like so he's still at the beginning of that journey where he it is a struggle to he's not got many like job prospects he's not got any money he'll go to the butchers and buy like a little cutlet of meat which will cook for himself and he has to make that last for three days Mm. And the first day he'll eat the meat, on the second the fat, and on the third he'll just gnaw on the bone. And was like, oh! Mm. Child! But yeah, that his aunt keeps trying to send him the money and he's like, no, I do not want to be in debt to anyone. Which I'm mm. like, okay, that is okay, Marius, yeah, <laughs> Relatable. yeah. But he is also, he's through this whole thing and experience, like, his pride in some ways gets a lot stronger, like, Forms hmm. into this diamond of, like, no, I don't need anything or anyone. Mm. But he does manage to become a lawyer, okay. but then <laughs> is like, I'm not going to use it. Which also relates to Bob. Like, <laughs> I that finished lot. that education you said I had to have. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> yeah. nothing, I will use it. Yeah. So Unamond, his grandfather, like hears that he became a lawyer, and is like, if you weren't a fool, you'd know it's impossible to be both a baron and a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> and Marius is like, fuck you, I'm gonna do neither. <laughs> <laughs> so then we get Marius in poverty. Mm-hmm. And H- Hugo says, just the same with poverty as with everything else. It can become bearable. It eventually mm-hmm. arranges itself and settles down. So three years kind of pass for Marius sort of living in this state. Mm. um so he like is working hard he perseveres he manages to get himself into a place where he makes 700 francs a year Jeez. so like apparently like that's wasn't a ton apparently but like he can live sort of the lifestyle that he wants at the moment Mm. so he's still working for the bookseller that kufarak put him in contact with Having Mm. successfully learned German and English. (laughs) Yep, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So we get... Hugo just loves a number and he loves a numbered list. Mm. But he's like, let me tell you how he spent all of his money. (laughs) We've got 30 francs on his little cheerless room in the Gourbo tenement. Mm -hmm. Three francs a month to the principal old tenant, unnamed, so add her to the list of unnamed women Mm -hmm. um yeah (laughs) so three months for her to come like bring him some water sweep the floor sometimes we get the the, a very meticulous breakdown of his every bit of food he puts into his mouth and how much that costs Mm -hmm. oh that's Um, relatable yeah (laughs) for dinner he gets a plate of meat for six sous half a portion of vegetables for three sous a dessert for three sous for another three sous, as much bread as he wanted, and then he'll al- always give the waiter one sou, hmm. which made the owner of the restaurant Madame Rousseau. Is that a name you we recognize? No. Oh, it sounded similar to the it, one when you were talking about Walter. Yeah, oh, different one.
1: Yeah, I mean same name, but I don't know whether they're related. <laughs> oh, sadly, okay.
0: no, no tenuous Voltaire link. Never mind. Sadly. Well. For sixteen sous and all, he gets a meal and a smile because she <laughs> smiles when he gives the waiter a sou. Mm-hmm. Um, As for wine, he drinks water. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Total cost a day for food: twenty sous. So mm-hmm. that is three hundred and sixty-five francs a year. Um, add to the thirty francs rent and thirty-six francs for to the old woman, Some minor expenses. 450 francs, and Marius was fed, lodged, and had his housekeeping done. Mm. His clothing cost him 100 francs. His total outgoings came to less than 650 francs, Was left him with 50 francs over. He was rich. Mm. Um, And he can sometimes lend some francs to friends. Kufrek had once been able to borrow 60 francs from him. I'm like, Kufrek, could you not borrow from... Your friends, Would be your who... rich boys, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any of your other friends, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but apparently not. It may mean,
1: it might have been one of the situations where he owed like quite a lot and had to go to loads of different people and like Marius sort of brought up the rear by doing the last sixty or something.
0: That's ten percent of his annual income. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh my god.
0: But he did it, so they're still friends. Mm. Um. He doesn't have money for heating and because he has no fireplace, so he just sort of like makes do. Mm. Um, It had taken years for Marius to reach this flourishing state, (laughs) which I guess is Hugo being like, (laughs) um, (laughs) haha. Yeah. But it was only at this point when it's like, so it took him three years to reach this point Mm. Now he's twenty and I was like, oh my fucking god, he was seventeen. Mm. Mm. Oh, child. I guess like we went off to uni at eighteen and I did the same I had my little pocketbook where I literally wrote everything yeah. I spent any money on for my entire first year and was like making doing sums constantly. Yeah. But I had a bit of like some government money
1: (laughs) yeah that's true thank you british government for that at least i mean we are in debt for the rest of our lives
0: yeah so it wasn't a kindness (laughs) but it was something (laughs) um (laughs) But I was just like, oh, I didn't... He was so young. Yeah,
1: he was a baby.
0: He was 17 when he was publicly shamed by his friends. A <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, ne- and could never go back.
0: He <laughs> could never recover. <laughs> um, but then, yeah. So, you know, I got to that point where I was like, oh my god. And then he's like... Uh, so he's never. he never gets into any debt because he doesn't want any debts. To him, a debt was the beginning of slavery.
1: Mm -hmm. And we
0: get into this little theme. Um, A creditor is worse than a master, for the master is master only of your person, whereas a creditor is master of your dignity and can give it a beating. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, Marius, (sighs) do you know? Do you not? Okay. okay. Yeah,
1: okay. I I will will give you that I'm leaning on the, like, it's Hugo, not Marius, Mm. but... As an extension of Hugo's ego or whatever, Marius doesn't get any free points. Yeah,
0: that that's very fair. Because I was just like, you know, when you're like building up camaraderie and sympathy, and then you just like sigh it out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, literally. Yeah. Um.
0: um, Yeah, which were like, oh, Marius. You could have had a point if you didn't make it like this. Yeah. Uh, so
1: that's, that's the third character we've had from Vicky Hugh, being like, actually, white people slavery is worse than white people doing yeah. slavery on black people.
0: So it's it, like, Hugo, you're kind of the common denominator here, <laughs> writing all these characters. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, and each time it's been... No, this is the fourth time, isn't it, actually? Because um, you had Fantine. Yeah, you had women the are the only
0: real that. slaves anymore when yeah. you think
1: about it, says Hugo. Yeah. Well, uh, and, and then uh, jean Bajon also had a cheeky one as well. Oh, so.
0: yeah. Wow. Hugo <laughs> got us again. <laughs> <laughs> but he always, well, maybe, I can't remember. I feel like at least some of the other ones he was like, here's what I think this is the only type of slavery. This time he's kind of couched it in the, like, uh, Marius thinks that it's yeah. like this. So you're like, have you grown wily, Hugo? <laughs> We're not giving our opinions anymore. We're giving a character's opinion.
1: That's true. That's true, actually, yeah, because, yeah, the other times it was Victor Hugo being, like, third-person narrator, mm. and then this time it's, yeah, oh, nice catch. <laughs>
0: What does it mean?
1: <laughs> I've connected the bots,
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> to something he doesn't want to get into debt, which like, yeah, makes sense,
1: yeah, us looking at credit cards,
0: <laughs> yeah, um, he is shy, even to the point of rudeness, being there, yeah, <laughs> um, the soul lends aid to the body and at certain moments uplifts it. It is the only bird that supports its own cage. <laughs> Oh, wow. Very Hugo. (laughs) Very Hugo. Mm. So while this is going on, you know, he's here like venerating his dad. Mm. But there's another name that he venerates. Mm
1: -hmm. And I was like,
0: ooh, who? And then the name, Tenardier. And I was like, no. Oh, yeah. (laughs) How could I have forgotten that Mm -hmm. this was coming? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, because those were part of his dad's like parting note to him of like Tenardier saved me so like do good by him Mm. so in his head there's like a high altar for his dad and a lesser altar for Tenardier Mm. who had kept his dad alive as far as he knew yeah um and Marius had like tried to find Tenardier as like had been mentioned before briefly um Mm. but found out that he'd gone into bankruptcy or something Mm. and like Mm. fled And because Marius is now going through difficult times is like even more like vibing with that where it's like oh my god I really wish I could have done something for him because now I know how hard that is oh for all he did for my dad and I'm just like no Mm. Hugo you're doing some good um hurting me the reader so well done (laughs) what was it poetic irony I don't know what it is well it's making me feel a a way yeah um so, yeah, he, still, he spent, like, over those three years, whenever he has any money left over, he's, like, using it to, like, desperately look for Thenardier. Mm. He's like, I'll find him, I will find him. I'll do anything to meet him. I'd give my arm, I'd give every drop of blood. Chapter three, Marius attains manhood.
1: Oh, he got his first pube?
0: <laughs> mm. <laughs> I was like, this could go any number of ways from Hugo. <laughs> oh, it was at this point that it's like, Marius is 20 and I had to like pause on the train to be like oh god mm, mm. I don't know It's why it was like worse than imagining that he'd been like 22 and was now 25 mm, <laughs> so. yeah um no but well yeah
1: no sorry I was trying to do the maths in my head because when you mentioned that Tanadier's inn had gone down and I was like oh yeah which means that Cosette is like what 10? Uh, and Marius is, like, 17. But then I guess, like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, oh, I, no. Yeah. Oh, well, no. I already know that, like, when he first meets Cosette, she's 13, and he's 20 now, so. Hmm. How mm. very
0: Romeo and Juliet of you. <laughs> well, you no, go. Weren't
1: Romeo and Juliet, like, both 14?
0: Oh, were they both? I thought, okay. Juliet definitely was young.
1: How old was Romeo?
0: You feel like he's older because he had other lovers, but maybe not.
1: Romeo was certainly no younger than 16. Okay, so, yeah. (laughs) Yikes. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Long pause, yikes. Well, we'll reach that yikes when we get to it. (laughs) Yeah. Right now, we're still talking about old men. Guillemand, mm-hmm. he's back. Um Marius had mistakenly, says Hugo, got it into his head that Guillemond had never loved him. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, There's just a lot to be sad about for Marius here, yeah. it must be said. Yeah. And that Guillemond had like only felt anything for him that was like testy and you know, he cursed and railed and stormed and brandished his cane. Mm. Um And that he was like... You know, Marius didn't like his kind of capricious nature and... Mm. Classical comedy. Um But Marius was wrong. There are fathers too who do not love their children. There is no grandfather who does not adore his grandson. Mm. <laughs> like, okay... Well...
1: Uh debatable but Yeah, sure.
0: sweeping but okay sure. <laughs> <laughs> but deep down, as we have said, Monsieur Monsieur Yenemans idolized Marius. Mm. After his own fashion, which did sometimes has some harsh words and even boxed ears, but <laughs> but still um once that child had gone, he felt a black void in his heart. Uh in the early days he hoped that Marius would return. But mm. as the weeks went by, and then the months and the years, and Marius didn't reappear, he's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but he's like, oh, if I you know, had to do it again, would I have done it exactly like that? And his old man pride is like, yes, of course. But then his old man head shakes itself and is like, no, I wouldn't. Mm. <laughs> um, old men need affection as they need the sun. For its warmth.
1: Yeah.
0: Well <laughs> you just all have a habit of uh scaring that affection away and then realizing you miss it, old man. Yeah. It's that's on you, so yeah. fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Marius' absence changed something in him, but he still will never make any inquiry. So he's like real he is cut up about it, but he's still mm. Too prideful to actually do anything about it. He's just like, Oh, I wish when I told everyone they better never dare say Marius's name around me. Oh, they're all following through with it. Oh. No. <laughs> that bums me out that you're like, Well, sucks when your own rules are followed to the T, huh? Yeah. <laughs> As for his aunt, she was too little given to thinking to feel much love. <laughs> <laughs> you heartless old crone yeah yeah (laughs) you're like Hugo you just said that she's constantly trying to send him money so that he'll be okay yeah
1: literally like because he he said just like three pages ago like oh she was like so loving in in the downtrodden times or whatever it was that she actually said and then now like in comparison with the grandpa is like look at this Leathery old back. <laughs> At least she's doing something. Mm, unlike the grandfather.
0: Yeah, objection, inconsistencies. Yeah, well, men,
1: like uh, grandparents, obviously love their grandsons yeah. more than aunts could ever,
0: spinsters could ever. <laughs> yeah. Is it not better to just quietly do nothing but feel love than to <laughs> actively try and help them?
1: That's how it works, for sure, definitely. Surely. Yeah.
0: But then I kind of, I was like, oh, here you go. Um, It's always a journey <laughs> with him. Mm. But he's like, what increased old Gunamon's secret suffering was that he kept it all locked up inside himself and let none of it show. mm." They're like, oh...
1: Hugo says, get therapy.
0: Yeah, or at least, like, yeah, talk about your feelings. It does help, instead Mm. of just, like, making himself more and more miserable. Mm. Marius, on the other hand, congratulates himself. He's like, yeah, thank, fuck. I'm so glad that this happened. Um, Misfortune has taken away his bitterness, so he's actually thinking of Unamond with tenderness. Mm-hmm. is like, I still can't accept him because he was unkind to my father. Yeah. Moreover, he was happy to have suffered and to be suffering still for his father's sake. Oh, this makes me, this made me really sad. (laughs) Um, So Marius basically sees his, like, current poverty and suffering as atonement Mm. and is like, well, wow, my dad went through so much and he was such a great man that like the least I can do is go through like barely anything. Like I'm barely going through anything. It's fine. This these trials are just like to get me slightly closer to my dad because what else would my dad have meant when he said to give his name to his son, he will be worthy of it. Oh no. <laughs> I was like Oh <laughs> yeah, is no. <laughs> not what he meant!
1: That's yeah. That is sad.
0: Oh, therapy all round.
1: Therapy all ro- like they definitely both need like super therapists.
0: Oh my god, yeah. That's just so sad that he'd see it as like like he's he's almost like well, he give us a few more pages. He, like, almost revels in how much he's struggling. Mm. And at least partial of it is, yeah, as this paragraph says, because he's like, oh, well, surely this is the only way I could be worthy of, like, the good things that my dad said Mm. about me. So you're like, ah, he just loved you.
1: (laughs) Do you think it's rooted in that, like, um, original sin kind of Catholic guilt stuff? Well,
0: I mean, there's always some some good old-fashioned Catholic guilt going on. Mm. Um, Like, like I completely see the, like,
1: yes, the, like, punishing yourself because of that you can never live up to this, like, dead person that, mm. like, you feel, like, yeah, that innumerable guilt. Uh, And then it was me in my head being, like, surely it must be something to do with, god <laughs> because it's victor Hugo and it's les mis but then i guess jesus isn't really seen as the father figure right so i guess it doesn't really work
0: well i think there'd still be an argument there hmm. It all just makes me sad no matter what yeah <laughs> yeah so at that point you're like wow devastation levels are at ground zero here and then hugo's like don't even worry now he's a man destitution let us emphasize had been good for him
1: yeah yeah back at it again (laughs) yeah
0: because poverty instantly lays bare the materialistic life and renders it hideous why would poor people want the things that rich people have oh my god because
1: they (laughs) you go this is that thing where it's like oh yeah like fucking don't eat anything like i'm pretty sure i've seen diets being called like stupid things like the beggar's diet and stuff like that where it's like yeah you don't eat anything in order to get that like I mean skeletal chic or whatever
0: yeah yeah (sighs) I think maybe that like the things because this keeps happening where I'm like wow I'm really like actually feeling for Marius's character Mm. so much and like Mm. I'm proud of him for struggling through Mm. and um Really sad about some things he's internalizing, and it's that Hugo then, like each time, comes straight off the back and is like, "Here's some opinions."
1: Yeah, um, yeah.
0: That it's so it's like it is impossible to untangle them because then he goes straight from that of mm. the like, "Well, this is the only way I'll be worthy of my dad," into the yeah, this like. The wonderful thing about poverty and youth when it is effective is that it directs the will entirely to effort and the soul entirely to aspiration. Mm. The wealthy young man has countless seductive and vulgar distractions um, like food and good meals <laughs> and dogs and tobacco and hunting. Oh but, my God. But, you know, what does he really have at the end of the day, the millionaire, but for all oh, the poor people, the struggle to keep himself alive well all he can eat is his dreams and he can really connect with god because what else has he got to do he looks at the stars (sighs) and space and all the world around him and he just really appreciates it so really you start to feel sorry for the rich millionaire because you are a millionaire of the soul (laughs)
1: Mm. yeah i think that's why i think that's why I got really annoyed with Mario so I think this is yeah this chapter is the one that was like oh right yeah I hate and now I can see that it is Victor Hugo and I think it is literally because when I was reading it I was like imagining someone being like oh yes Nemo Martin who didn't drink during uh university at all to penny pinch (laughs) and like afforded no luxuries
0: Mm. Oh, wasn't
1: it just like character building? Ah, oh, so good, so good of them. And I'm like, oh, I'm so angry. <laughs> yeah,
0: because I'm like, because Mary's definitely has has some opinions and mm. stuff that you're like, oh god. But mm. yeah, I want to say that at least forty percent, a, a <laughs> minimum, is Hugo. Yeah, he's staring it all out. Yeah, yeah. Because um, you know, no matter how poor a young lad is if he's got his health and his strength and his sparkling eyes and his red lips and white teeth, he'll always be the envy of an old emperor. (laughs) How's
1: he got white teeth? Oh, I guess by not having sugar.
0: Yeah, not having food that could possibly decay them. Great. And, you know, while he's... Working hard to earn that bread, his backbone gains pride and his brain reaps ideas.
1: Noble, poor, noble, <laughs> yeah, poor. Yeah, so
0: noble, we so noble, so full of ideas. Mm. Um, he is steadfast, serene, gentle, quiet, considerate, serious, content with little and kindly um thanks god you've just freed up so much of my time to think about
1: you. <laughs> yeah god i don't have anywhere else to go so i'll go warm myself in yeah. church
0: yeah well you are like these are all things these are all descriptors these are all things that like can be true of people who are less well off it's just mm. yeah it's just the way it's all uh, it's
1: so victor hugoed that it makes it Feel disgusting.
0: Yeah, it's all yeah, and it's so lumped together. But yeah, it just yeah, it feels doity. Mm. Um, because Marius now he's got so much time to think that actually he is thinking too much. That instead of accepting extra work, he's like, no, I just like want to do the amount I've got. Like I could make more money, but I just want the wa- amount I've got. I'm mm. living the way I want to live. I just want time to think. Mm. Um. Believing he liked for nothing, he did not realize that interpreted in this way, contemplation ends up being one of the forms of idleness <laughs> because he's just sitting and like thinking his thoughts. Right. But don't worry, it's obvious that for such an energetic and generous nature, this could only be a transitory phase. Um, and that, like, at the snap of a finger, at the first collision of inevitable complication. Marius would wake up from this state. So we're (laughs) just like in a pending state. Right, right. He's still not his full Pokemon evolution. Yeah,
1: he's got to go for his like final metamorphoses.
0: Mm. So yeah, he's not doing any lawyering. Mm -hmm. He's still doing the book selling because yeah, he's just happy with the amount he's got. He like has been offered, like, oh, you could like live in house and we'll pay you more money. Mm. But marius sees that as giving up his freedom to be a wage slave oh my god (laughs) a a kind of literary minion oh Um, i was like wow what was going on with communism at this point (laughs) (laughs) yeah but he feels like if he took those opportunities he'd be like better off but also worse off so he would gain comfort but he'd lose his dignity um, that you are like Marius, like give yourself something. <laughs> yeah.
1: I guess I guess like now hearing that, I'm like, okay, I do get it a bit. Like, you know, we live in the capitalist nightmare mm. that's like, you know, you should be working every single second of your day and like um what was it? Um uh contemplation was a form of laziness or whatever. Yeah. It's like wow, that's You know, Jeff Bezos could say something. Yeah, that's
0: true.
1: But also, it's coming from Victor Hugo, so it's like frustrating.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I just want Marius to have a meal.
1: Yeah, yeah. Just
0: give yourself like a tiny bit more. But then, like, I guess what we have learned about Marius is that he lives in extremes
1: Mm -hmm. quite a bit. When he's
0: like, "This is what I believe now."
1: Yeah, he's like
0: all in. So right now, he's like. You know what? It's actually better that this happened to me, and mm. I don't want a single thing more. That you're like, I, I completely like see how that would come about. Like, yeah. especially like it's only at the end of three years that he's now at this sort of point in his lifestyle where he's like, okay, I'm comfortable with this. Mm. After the years of like how difficult it would have been to reach that point, you probably do have to tell yourself like. Wow, I don't even want anything anyway. I'm I'm mm-hmm. happier. Mm. Um, just to sort of like get through. But yeah, he he's currently like comfortable with what he's got. Yeah. And doesn't want to he wants to stay in that lane. Um
1: yeah.
0: He lives a very solitary life though. Mm. Um He was so shamed out of that meeting. He can't go back.
1: Oh my god, it's <laughs> been
0: three years. I know, like they were on good terms, mm-hmm. and it's like, they were ready to help each other in every possible way if need be, but nothing more. <laughs> oh my god. Um, so yeah, he's not joined the group presided over by mm. Um So really, his only two friends are Kouferak and Monsieur Mabouf. Mm. and the old man was dearer to him so i'm like where was my in literally any of the few fics that i read it's Mar- <laughs> he's marius's best friend
1: yes though it did make me realize because because so when you were like um talking about Mabeuf like uh with marius's dad right and i was like and you kept being like oh is he gonna come back again and stuff and i was like <laughs> um, and I was thinking about all of this stuff with this Mabouf, which is a different Mabouf because it's the brother of the one mm, who was the warden. Yeah, which made me immediately have the thought where's the um, Mabouf brother? So, this Mabouf with Marius ex Fic, um, <laughs> where it's like, oh, he got with his dad's lover's brother. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think he's like, I mean, I'm willing to explore any avenue with you, do you <laughs> know? Because um, the next chapter is all about Mubuf. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, is he, he's like kind of his, not like stepdad. Because I, I, as I was reading the Mubuf one, I was like, was I shipping the wrong Mubuf? But I stand by, <laughs> I stand by the Mubuf I was shipping with Marius' yeah. dad. So yeah. he is like his uncle.
1: Yeah. Like yeah. the
0: family member that like he, can now be closest to. Yeah. Because his stepdad is, like, too wounded by the loss of his husband. Yes, sadly. yes, yes,
1: yes, yes. yes. Um, you're right, you're right.
0: <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so Maris is like, oh, Mbuff, um, you're so important because, like, you're the one who told me about my dad, and if not for that, then, like, oh, what would have ever become of, become of me? Mm. But Hugo's like, um, maybe this is, like, too much to give to Mabuff, because, uh, <laughs> You know, it's only because of Providence Uh that that even came about. Like, he's just the candle that somebody else is carrying.
1: Wow. Like,
0: Mubuf just so happened to be in the place at the right time to spill all those beans. I
1: don't know, but then, like, it kind of, like, (sighs) Hmm. because Mubuf could have chosen to not, like, you know go to this child and be like hey this like there was a guy who used to live here or he used to like sit here and he had this child and stuff like that it, it sucks that like i guess it's kind of been made to be about providence and about god in that way um it kind of reduces the like free what's the thing man free will yeah which I guess of the other stuff, like you know, the providence stuff has been a bit like, ha ha ha, it's providence and coincidence. But this one's like, oh, it feels a bit more like it was God's way of making sure that Marius like had a uncle or like had this free flow of information. That one annoys me. Yeah. Every other one, I've been like, oh, coincidence, providence, it's fine, I like it, whatever. But yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, like if he just left it as like, oh, it's providence that they're in the same place at the same time, because mm. that's usually how it goes. Then we'd be like, way providence, beep, 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 beep. yeah. But that Hugo goes out of his way to be like, no, it is one step further. Like literally, he's like, he enlightened Marius by chance and without knowing it, like a candle that someone brings along. He had been the candle and not the someone. Come Completely on. strips like. I we love a, a providence. We mm. love especially a stupid one that you're like, mm. yeah, sure, this happened. <laughs> um, but you know, we're willing to like buy it when mm. characters are in the right place at the right time. But the being like, and the fact that he was like so out of nowhere, young man. No, I know you're trying to tell me to stop talking, but I'm gonna tell you this random story about this man. Mm. That's a step too far. Yeah. <laughs> Just let them both have it. Yeah, like, what, like,
1: does that, I guess, does it, is it supposed to make the reader be like, oh, wow, God works in mysterious ways, huh? I guess so. It reduces all of the, like, mob characters. Like, so, in Japanese manga, you have all the mob characters, literally, because they're a mob of people with, like, same faces, no names, no characteristics. And it's like... He reduces one of his characters, who's who's literally given a name and, like, you know, a character and, like, stuff, into being a mob character, like, mouthpiece for God. And it's like... Yeah, that's frustrating.
0: Mm. The same thing is said again in another way. Just, I would buy, like, prov- providence of having them in the right place at the right time and Mario sitting in his seat. Yes. Mm. Making him bust a candle. Like...
1: Yeah, I'm I'm annoyed. Down with Victor Hugo.
0: <laughs>
1: up with Voltaire.
0: They're as bad as each other.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is true.
0: But we don't have to look at Voltaire every single day. Exactly, so yeah. We can, I... Well, so we can still be like, "We Voltaire! Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> we're not actually reading the words that he wrote. Yeah,
1: distance makes the heart f- go fond. <laughs> it
0: does. And we could not be fond of you right now, Voltaire.
1: Exactly, literally. Like, th- these, yeah, this episode is definitely me, my, my, because, you know, we have a love-hate relationship with Hugo and sometimes I'm like, haha, I hate to love you, but this time I just, you know, really do not like this man. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> So I feel like we're almost if, if we were doing the essay at uni, mm-hmm. then yeah. like a psychoanalytic as like interpretation of Nemo's feelings on Marius. <laughs> and we're together unpacking how much is hugo speaking how much is hugo writing the character of marius yeah 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 because those are two separate things and he's doing both at once
1: yeah yeah and yeah okay well i feel like this is gonna end with me apologizing to marius but also like he is victor hugo (laughs) yeah
0: so it's all it's all hard yeah
1: yeah (laughs) The end. I won't retract my apologies. Yeah, retract <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> w- my. Uh, that's not the right way Your around. Your
0: opinion. That. Yeah, 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 there we go. Yeah, look, I'm excited to be learning more about him because I I can't wait to firm up my opinion. I'm <laughs> only at the beginning of my Marius still. Yeah, so, yeah. Sh- there's so much more to come. We're ha- we're at like the halfway point of the book, so I'm sure there's gonna be lots of Marius. You've but- still got
1: him being an absolute fucking. Shithole, so (laughs)
0: yeah, that's true. So I'm still only at like he's a wee baby, yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Um, I still like okay, I guess this is how it would go down, but you know, because like I feel like the maybe the vibe of the ABC wasn't this, maybe it's from the couple Fix where they're like more modern day and they're like, we want to educate people, blah blah blah, Mm -hmm, but they're like. And I guess, like, if someone was spouting absolutely stupid, unacceptable opinions, you would just, like, shut them down. Mm. But it's like, they got it. Comberfair got Marius so bad (laughs) (laughs) that instead of, like, coming back to learn more, he's just like, I've got to (laughs) go. Goodbye. (laughs) So that's where I'm like, what was, was that the intention, Comberfair?
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: Not as a, like, so, yeah, because I, like, don't know what mm. the vibe and feeling is. Not as a, like, how dare combefer not have taken mm. his precious time and sat down and educated this boy. Yeah, um, yeah. It's just from the couple fics I've read where that very much is the vibe.
1: Yeah. It's, yeah.
0: like, what makes it so funny to me that Marius is like, I'll literally never return. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure he will because I've seen the movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But at this point where I'm just like, he couldn't have sh- shamed him harder. It's Yeah, it's so funny.
1: He comes back in such an annoying way, though, that it's like, I- I'm trying to work out whether I should say it now. I feel like you'll forget in the long term. <laughs> you know me. But, like, he comes back after, like, literally, you know, he's been away for three years, you know, the revolution happens. Yeah. He literally only goes to the barricades because, like, Cosette is moving away and Hugo is like oh yeah he arrived and Andreas looked at him and was like and Marius is like who's the leader of the barricade and Andras looks at him and he goes it's you and I'm like <laughs> why who's what like you haven't seen this boy for like three years like
0: maybe Angelus is actually doing a sick ban on him and Marius is like yes I am
1: <laughs> yeah maybe <sighs> yeah, so lots of uh, uh, angry sighing from yeah. me to come.
0: Well, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, and look forward to to Mama Buff. Yeah, the
1: the only good thing about the next the next time is that I get to look forward to some buff loving.
0: Oh my god, yeah, because I lo- I love every move
1: <laughs> our Garden of my So <laughs> <laughs> they
0: are? A Garden of Maboofs is very apt. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, and it's gonna be the name of our play.
0: Yeah, great.
1: Yeah. Cool. On that note, uh, this has been Bread and Barricade's Elena's Podcast produced by me, Nemo Martin, and Julian Yap. It was the Captain's Collections Podcast. If you like this episode, you can uh, donate to us on Ko-fi or on Patreon. Or if you have any comments, questions, or quibbles, um, I can't remember what we've talked about apart from Marius, but if you want to quibble about Marius, you can send us an email to our email, lesmispodcast at gmail.com, or on Twitter, Lena's Podcast, or on Tumblr, at Brad and Barricades. Our audio director is Jade, who you can find on her website, jdwasabi.com, or on her bandcamp, jdwasabi.bandcamp.com.
0: Uh if you can't think of what to leave in a review, just say Good job
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and on that note, thank you for listening.
0: (laughs) Did you feel every single one of my brain cells frantically trying to rub together and come up with words? (laughs) Yeah, literally.
1: <laughs> okay, I will end that. <laughs>
0: Just keep tracking! <laughs> <laughs>